uh, part of the A team, Team Arana. So we all, we all serve. We're here to serve you this morning, and, and I pray that your eyes would open to that fact. Um, so good. We're excited in a couple of weeks. Uh, we will have Back to Church Sunday, and so uh, for those that don't know what that is, um, it's a special day where we call people back. Um, some might have been here in the past, some have not. Uh, maybe we're just calling them back to what God has always thought about them, <laughs> to be true. And so we are in the, in the work of bringing people back to remembrance, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And so um, maybe you have people in your world that you can invest in in the next couple of weeks um, in preparation for this Sunday. Maybe you can pray for them. Maybe you can spend a lunch or a dinner with them and then invite them to this occasion. We believe it's going to be a special Sunday um, in this community. And uh, you have access to people that we would never have access to. And you have the trust of people that don't know us or trust us, but they trust you. And so you have a real role to play on their journey. It's also Father's Day that day, uh, which is great. And so we're going to have breakfast in the morning. Don't do it at home or do double up on the morning. Any dads who do that? I double anyway because my family never finishes their food and I don't want it to go to waste, you know. I'm from Africa and there's children who don't eat there. So I have to, I have to, um, it's a joke. That's why I always just any excuse to eat more, right? Okay. Fun and games. My parents used to tell me that, and it is true. There are people who are without. It uh, doesn't mean you have to finish everything on your plate. Okay. Um, <laughs> so invite people for that day. I think it's going to be um, a special Sunday. Also, a bit of feedback. We went in the week. Our team prepared these little cups full of lollies. Can you believe that? And sugar. And instead of giving it to children, as we always do, we, we went to Fernie Grove and we gave it to the teachers and the staff. And Vanessa is there at the back. Um, when we went, I, I told Vanessa, you probably know heaps of people, and she does. As we went in, people were like, Vanessa, Vanessa, Vanessa. Um, but we gave them these little gifts, and in it there was a card just encouraging teachers in this school specifically to say, we're thinking of you guys. It's not an easy job. Uh, the admin staff is included in that, department heads and teachers. We believe in you, and we're here for you. And we're sending a couple of thoughts and prayers your way. Um, but we're also deeply convinced that God has called you as a teacher to make a difference. And so we're excited to see the fruit of this little moment we had there. This morning, we're continuing with our series on purpose, and my time starts now. Um, and uh, it's good, and we've heard from Clinton the last couple of, of weeks about this concept of purpose, really incredible content. So go and listen to it online. Um, a lot of work has gone into the series because we know that when people discover freedom um, and they're set free from the things that hold them captive, they need to move into this space, into this third chapter of discovering what God's call is on their life and what, what is the meaning, what is the purpose. It's almost the so what question. Yes, I'm saved, I'm delivered, now what? What's the plan? What's the next step? And often we want that. Often we come to Sundays with that. Jesus, Pastor, give me, give me the three Ps <laughs> for my Thursday. I need steps, often in my journey. And, and so that's what's good about a community. But I asked this question while we were busy with this. When in your life have you heard from God and not responded? And I think all of us, the majority of us in this room, at least we're asking to hear from God. But the majority of us would have heard from God in some way 
shape or form, either through a parent, through someone, through Scripture, in our own um, relationship with Jesus, we have heard from God. And often, He doesn't just give us things that, that make us comfortable. Often, the things He speaks to us about is, is changing um, our mind, Romans says, or changing my perspective, or often being involved in the world in some way, in an action. And it makes us uncomfortable. Often these actions and the things that he gives us are not on convenient times. It's not, you know, when I've slept eight hours as a parent and I've had my two coffees before 6 a.m. and I'm ready to roll and then God speaks to me. No, it happens when I'm knackered. It happens when I'm tired. It happens when I'm drained. It happens often when I'm sick myself that I meet people who are sick and then God speaks to me. Well, it happened to me a couple of years ago. We moved to Melbourne from New Zealand and, and I was walking... Um, in the streets there, and I, I had a dream the night before I was going out to town. I was there on my own. My family was still in New Zealand, and I prayed to God, and uh, I, I had this dream where God spoke to me, and I saw a lady, um, an image of a, of a lady that was pregnant, that was sitting on the road, like flat on the road, no carpet or anything, with a little board in front of her that said, um, help me, help me. That was all. That was my dream. So I go into town the next day, and I'm walking around, and I'm, in, I'm in, in the Crown Casino. I'm walking through there. It's all light bulbs. I wasn't gambling. I was just walking through and um, interceding for people, you know, that were sitting there and having a coffee. And, so, and, and I heard all that, and then I walked out. And as I walked out of the building, a lady was sitting right in front of me on the floor, pregnant, visibly pregnant. Not like one of those, is she pregnant, is she not pregnant? Well, they made that mistake. Anyway. And so, visibly pregnant, and uh, she had a board with her homeless girl, and it said, help me, help me. <clears throat> so, you have one of those, like, oh my, <laughs> what has just happened? And by the way, I shared the story the second Sunday I preached in Melbourne at a new church and everything. So, I decided to share it with the congregation, just as I am doing today. And so, I walked out of that building, saw this lady, everything clicked, and again, I heard this whisper just saying, AJ, you're in the right place at the right time. Um, and so I looked at her. I was inconvenienced. And I turned and I walked away. That's my point. <laughs> I just, I got in my car, drove home. I think the first worship song I put on was something that deeply convicted me. And I was crying all the way home. And I've had moments like that again after that. Similar, not as dramatic, otherwise I would have used it for a sermon. Uh, But I've had moments like that afterwards. Now God graced me that the next week after I shared it at the church, because everyone thought I'm going to have this success story, uh, the next week actually front page of, of the Herald in the city part of it, Someone sent me an, the image, a screenshot of this lady and the fact that she lives under a yellow bridge in Melbourne with her dog and that she's pregnant. A whole story about her life. <laughs> so I'm like, thank you, Jesus. That even amidst my, my brokenness, you still got the news through to me. <laughs> so we formed a little group. We had a GoFundMe page and we supported this lady. She had a healthy birth. The child was adopted post that, foster care adopted. Uh, she was supported through that journey. But how many times have you heard God call and not responded? We love to tell the stories of response and the miracle breakthroughs. But how many times have God spoken to you 
I guess we could do a whole series for a year and each one of you could come and share about those moments. The reality is God speaks to us continuously and He calls us by name. Have you walked down the street and someone shouted your name and you look around and there's no one there? And you think, am I going crazy or is someone playing a prank on me? Often when someone's calling, a response is required. Especially if they're calling you by name. If someone just walked around shouting names around in town, we'd think that they're crazy, right? We think that they have huge issues. Well, God doesn't have huge issues and He's not crazy. He's just so passionately in love with us that He continues to call us even when we ignore Him. He gives us the ability to respond through His faith to a call on our lives. We have a responsibility. We have the opportunity this morning, and at the end of the short time we have, we're going to have an opportunity to respond to God. We respond because of the completed work of cross. Everything is a response. Our life is a response. Everything we do is a response to something that has already occurred. Jesus died over 2,000 years ago, and I now live in this dispensation of the completed work of the cross. I have a new reference because of what Christ has done. And that gives me the capacity to move forward. And the beautiful thing about God is that He just doesn't just give us this news and say, okay, go. It is, it is, it's done. Like, my job's done. I'm out. <laughs> Tag your it. Hey? Like it's your job now. He says, I give you the indwelling presence of the Spirit so that I can empower you that you have the ability to respond correctly to what I've done. And so we, we can live responsible lives. Responsible. Because we're responding with the ability that He gives us. Great. I just broke that word. I felt fancy. So three faith questions that empower calling in our life. You see, I think that faith is this very important concept to understand when we talk about calling. It is the foundation to calling because who, who is calling us and by whose faith are we responding? And by how much of that faith do we respond, meaning how much of that faith do we have access to? And what kind of faith is it that we desire or that we even require to get through life? These are the three questions that empower calling in my life. So first question, before you put the slide up, okay. We're so in sync here. Whose faith is calling us? We, we often have, and especially in religious circles in general, it's all about you. It's your performance. It's about that you believe. That's the first point. You got it right, 101. Then it's about how you believe, how much you believe. And so we fall into this trap of performance. Even though we're saved by grace, we think that the grace is the gift, but the faith is. See, the grace is all about what God has achieved for us. And then He gives us the ability to be responsible to respond to that beautiful grace. But whose faith is it? Is it my faith now? that sets me into place? Is it my faith or my level of faith or my measure of faith or my capacity of faith that gets me into heaven? Or is it the gift of faith that God gives as the author, the perfecter, the source, the fountainhead of 
faith. This is very important revelation this morning because if you think that faith is your job, then what you're doing is saying that you can and could achieve things based on your effort. Faith is super important. And the reason that there's a connection between faith and works, as James says, is because you have the revelation of what faith does. It has an effect on your life. There's a practicality to faith that we're going to touch on today that might shift something in terms of your understanding of things. That this is, yes, it's foundational, but it's practical. And I have news. Did you know that I have a six-pack? <laughs> I do. I do. Have, it's just surrounded by lies. It's surrounded by fake news that's created by burger eating, overconsumption, late night, 11 p.m. watching Fox News. That, that's what's covering my, I don't watch Fox News, that's what covers my, if I didn't have abs, I wouldn't be able to stand. And so it is with faith. You have the faith of God in you. You have the capacity to live you have the capacity to move forward, but because you are confused about the very faith that you carry, you think that there's a limit on it, you think that you'd only have a measure of it, and you think that you can't experience it. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it is by grace you have been saved, you can all quote this, through faith. And what, this is not of yourself, it is the gift of God. What is the gift? Faith is the gift. I didn't highlight those words that Scripture did. Faith is the gift. Faith is the gift that God gives to us to give us the capacity to respond appropriately. So touch yourself here in the middle and say, I have a six-pack. <laughs> I know you're not convinced. Over time, Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live is in the flesh. I live by what? The faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hear the question I put in there? Is it, so is it, by, is it by my faith or is it by the faith of the Son of God? Whose faith are we talking about? questions that I have. I'm convinced that it's the faith of Christ that saved me. I'm convinced that it's the faith of God that is given to me as a gift that sets me free and gives me the capacity to respond. In fact, there's a lot of ways to prove it, and we can go into translations, and some of you are way smarter than I am. Let's look at another one, Galatians 3.23. Before the coming of this faith, oh my word, the faithfulness of Christ, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. I love the fact that with the name Christ, with the word Jesus Christ, those combination of those two, the person and the Messiah, I love the fact that God is so much more than we think. And when we use words, we're describing a part of Him, not just things that He feels or does. So when we talk about Christ, we can talk about God is love. God is life. Amen. God is also faith. And so when God says that I come to live and abide in you, what He's doing is He's giving us an idea and a concept that it's not just Him, it's the very character of who He is that now lives on our, in, on our inner side. 
So the fullness of faith lives in us. The fullness of faith. I read in the Mirror Translation this morning, so now the stage is set for us. All these faith heroes cheer us on, as it were, like a great multitude of spectators in the amphitheater. This is our moment. As with an athlete who is determined to win, it would be silly to carry any baggage of the old law system that would weigh one down. Make sure you do not get your feet clogged up with sin consciousness. Become absolutely streamlined in faith. Run the race of your spiritual life with total persuasion. And then it goes, listen to this, look away from the shadow dispensation of the law and the prophets and fix your eyes upon Jesus. He is the fountainhead and the conclusion of faith. He saw the joy when he braved the cross and despised the shame of it. As the executive authority of God, he has now occupied the highest seat of dominion to endorse mankind's innocence. It's heavy. It's like drinking syrup (laughs) or honey or condensed milk. Can I have a witness? Can I have a witness? (laughs) Woo! The glory that sits in a can of condensed milk. It's, It's heavenly. I mean, how sweet can you be? God created it. And He worked through us to perfect it. (laughs) The fountainhead and the conclusion of faith. God is not just a proclaimer of faith. He is the source. He is the fountainhead. And that fountain has decided to make its home in you. He's the source. You see it through different translations that where we would often see that we reference the faith of God, we've struggled and grappled with the context of having faith in God. Because if I can change the reference of where faith sits, then I can connect my performance to it. And if I connect my performance to it, then when I have congregations of people, then I can control them with it because it's all about performance and listening to someone who performs. So what I'm saying this morning is there's no reason for you to strive anymore. God has given you the very source of faith, and He's placed it in you. In the original language, it speaks of pistis Christu, the faith of Jesus. And so when we read, you have to have faith in Christ, what if we can change that back to its original context to say, you have to have the faith of Christ? Maybe that would be a little bit more accurate. Just a suggestion. So how much faith do we have access to? How much faith? Romans 12.3 says, For by the grace given me I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. In accordance to what? In accordance with the measure of faith God has distributed to each of you. Not a, <laughs> the the measure of faith that God has distributed to each of you. And because I love baking, I love eating it, not making it, um, I got hold of some of these measurements. So I need a couple of volunteers. Is that all right? I know you guys love to volunteer, so I'm not going to point anyone out. I'm just going to ask for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine volunteers. That's crazy. Okay, we got some here in the front row. Three, let's go for four. Going on five, going on six. I'm not counting. Okay, we need three more. Come on, Ness. I know you're laughing. You love it. 
All right, we need some volunteers. <laughs> it's so much fun. Do we have nine? Let's just open the space up a bit. Are you with me? Are we, we're talking about the source of faith, which is Christ that lives in us. Now we're talking about the measure of faith. How much faith do we have? Did the Hebrew fathers have more faith than we did? Or did they just act on the faith that sat inside of them? Okay. So we're going to hand out a bit of faith this morning. Is that all right? Just like it's very, like, it's very earthly. So we'll just, we'll just do that. Who here do you think deserves the most faith? I mean, really. Tyler, why aren't you standing up there? Robbie. I think the source of Robbie should have the most faith. She gave birth. She birthed Robbie. We go back to the source. We go upstream. Upstream is where the faith sits. We'll hand a little bit out here. Okay, who deserves the least? <laughs> that was a unified response. I'm not talking for you guys. It was very, there's unity in the house. There is unity in the house. Second, definitely Vanessa. Absolutely, second least. Faith. Robbie. Let's just come, let's have a party. All right, it's just like free gifts are being handed out here. Um, let's go second to largest, you. I loved her on worship this morning. I think it was her first time or second time. First time. Yeah. And then, who else? You? My friend? And you'll have the last. She doesn't have any faith. I think we need to lay hands on Sinead this morning. Do you get, okay, let's, let's try something else. Can we all hand it back, sorry. Oh, pass it to your left, pass it three times to your right, and then we start again. Have you played that game? No, don't do that. Okay, let's move it on, let's move it on. Let's hand it in, there's a little bit for you. Just, all right. So good. These measuring tools are useless. When it comes to faith, they are obsolete when it comes to faith. In fact, we could just pick one and we can do it with one. Is that okay? Because he says, I give you the measure of faith. And as you come through a soup kitchen, I give each single one of you the same measure of faith that lies then in our awakening, our discovery of the faith that we have that sits inside of us. And it's going to get practical on point three. But you have the full measure of faith inside of you. All right, so we're going to form a line, and I'm going to give you guys some mustard seeds. Is that all right? You can drop it on the ground. You can put it in your pocket. You can plant it. Okay, just bear with me. Is that all right? And then we'll just give them a round of applause every time they go by. It's fun and interactive. All right, hold on.
just have enough for tonight. I think we'll make it for tonight. Don't you just love practical examples? That sets a message real deep inside that we won't forget. God believes in me. God has faith in me. Now, when I discover this, it's not all about me. Because he has that for everyone. But it starts with me. Jesus is God's mind made up about me. The beauty we have in evangelizing the world is that we don't have to walk around telling people how lost they are. We can walk around. This is good news for your Monday. Reminding people of how found they are. If you disagree, it's absolutely fine. We can spend some time, we can sit and have a coffee and, and journey on these things. But I'm convinced that every time that I've told someone how found they are in Christ, that a bigger seed has been planted in their innermost, that resonates with their design, that resonates with their DNA, that resonates with their image and likeness, that it is a prepared ground, that when it takes shape, that it blossoms and they become big people because they build big people. They don't have to break down people before they can lift them up. They come into the world and they say, I believe in you. Like God believes in you, I believe in you. Imagine walking around with this good news, evangelion evangelist, which is a direct word. Imagine walking around at your workplace saying to the people who work for you, my friend, before we discipline you this morning, <laughs> I just want to say, I believe in you. Before I correct you this morning, my child, I just want to say, I believe in you. What if we can discipline through edification? What if we can correct through affirmation? What if we can take a different avenue and a different way through approaching people and bringing out the best of them versus pointing out the worst in them? What if we cannot be co-accusers in the kingdom, but life bringers in our world? When we don't do the job of Satan, we don't assist him, we resist him by speaking life into people. AJ, is it that simple? Yes, it is. You have the fullness of faith that resides on your innermost. And when God does that, he gives you a full measure. He doesn't hand out what you've deserved through generations, through years. And that's what makes it so unfair when a new Christian comes into this room and they don't have any history and they didn't put any bricks in the wall and they haven't washed the windows one day in their life, but they are still included in exactly the same price that Christ paid for you. And when you're offended that a new believer is excited, stop it. <laughs> Look in the mirror. You're also included. Don't be the older brother that sits at home and does not want to go and look for his sibling. Oh, he'll learn his lesson. He'll learn his lesson. And when he comes back, <laughs> he's going to be He's going to be sorry of everything that he's... And then he comes back and there's a party and the father is happy and what is happening. But did you go and look for your brother? I'm so excited about what's happening in Smash Camp. I'm, now I'm going. I'm ready. and Now I'm good. I'm, I'm awake. I'm so excited about what's happening at Smash Camp. Because you know why? Because there's such a capacity in this group of people here. And I, 
I know you guys aren't loaded. There's not 20 Mercedes-Benz or Cadillacs sitting outside this room. I'm not blind. And we visit homes. We know what people are going through. But I went to Chermside yesterday. Love Chermside. (laughs) Have you been to the food court at Chermside? There's a a ground-level food court on the one side. And that's where, it's almost like there's a sign. If you have problems, if you're challenged, go to that food court. <laughs> they congregate, it's like a church. They congregate the problems in this one space. <laughs> and then they eat sugar and preservatives on top of it. It's crazy. There's <clears throat> a really nice coffee place there that just, oops, praise the Lord. Um, but there was a girl there yesterday. I smelt her from like 100 meters, smelt her. And it wasn't because she stank. It was because she smelled really good, actually. She was deodorized like you can't believe. Have you met some of those older ladies with perfume? They're very generous when they put that perfume on. And men. Not in this church. But she was inhaling a can of deodorant that she had in a sleeve, spraying it onto her sleeve, inhaling it, spraying it onto her sleeve, Inhaling it. And I thought, dear Lord, how do we help? What do we do? What, what are we going to do? What, maybe I should go to her, sit her down, and tell her what daddy odorant really made for. Maybe I should sort her out. Maybe I should speak to her father. Maybe I should... Maybe we should just get her behavior right. If, we, if she can just sort out her behavior, she'd be better off. Or maybe, just maybe, there'd be a community that says, we are ready to engage your life. We, we want to know where you live. We want to know where you get food from. We want to know who loves you. We want to speak life into you. We want to say that God believes in you, and if you don't believe that yet because you've lost your faith in humanity, not your faith in God, I can come and I can say, I'm going to redefine what humans mean to you, and I am going to believe in you. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. So what kind of faith? So what? Matthew 17, verse 20 Still in time, he replied, because you have so little faith, Jesus speaking, truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible. We love that, right? We love mountain moving faith. And I agree that if we had faith, I want to say, if we walked with Jesus through everything these, these guys have seen, and he still talks to us like that. I would be offended. With Jesus? Like, we've been, we, le- we left everything for you, and we are journeying with you. We've seen miracles. We've seen incredible things. And you tell us that we have little faith because they were just, Jesus just released a man from, from a moment, and they were coming down this mountain, the Mount of Olives, in this moment. And Jesus tells this story. And I'm like, what does mustard have to do with it? Now, the seeds, the faith that we gave out this morning, the measure was we didn't pick one little mustard seed and give it to every person. It would have been very difficult. I've got little fat fingers. I don't know how I would have gripped it. We gave them a measure. The 
The source of faith sits in me. The measure of faith is a fullness of faith that sits in me. That God hasn't chosen some above others and west above east. He's given us a measure of faith. And then he says, but this faith, this faith isn't for, it's not for, for, for buying an extra house. It's not, it's not for, this is mountain moving faith. This is faith that actually changes the world. Practically. So what have you, what do you, what kind of faith do you think you need this morning? And what mountain is sitting right in front of you? And you've called out mountains, you're all like, what mountain is there in front of you? And what do you need to move? What do you need to see move right in front of you now? If there's nothing, bless you, but you're going to help someone else move a mountain. This is the mountain that Jesus was referring to. It's Mount Herodium. Some of you have been, probably been there recently. <laughs> you can tell me more than I could tell you. Um, it was built for King Herod. He built it for himself, and some say, I think it's a fact, that he's, he's buried there. Now, as they were coming down about eight kilometers or eight miles, I'm unsure of exact, Jesus and his disciples was walking down towards this place, and could be said that it was being built then. They knew exactly where they were. If you can look to the left, you'll see that there were two hilltops there, two mountains. And so what Herod did was, he said, I don't like, that one's a little bit small for me. Can we just take this one, <laughs> we, emphasis on we, can we, just, can, can we just take this one? Have you had CEOs like that? We need to do something. Let's you do it. Okay. Take this one and move it on top of that one. I've just got an idea. It's Monday morning. I'm a little bored. Let's just, I want to build something. Let's just move that mountain on that. You got it? Two I see. You got it? Let's go. <laughs> and what did they do? They moved it. Now, I've tried to bend spoons in my life. I mean, as a little boy, I watched movies and films. And I was like, man, the power of the mind. I watched motivational speakers talk about this. The power of walking on coals. I would just fall down and be barbecued like a pig, but just all these things, and I've tried, I put a spoon in, this is not a steel spoon, it's even a plastic spoon, I put it in front of me, I'm like, come on, <laughs> okay, I'm going to try again, are you ready, you're going to see it, <laughs> and just before I pass out, I realize I can't bend the spoon, it's impossible, but he says all things are possible, <laughs> and the spoon needs to be bent, it's a party trick. Listen to me, the faith that God gives to us is not a party trick. It's not just something that's additional to me. It sits at the center of who I am. And it gives me the capacity to do stuff practically on earth as it is in heaven. Move mountains on earth. I don't think for one minute Herod actually moved anything. Okay? He had a vision, and he spoke it, and it manifested. <laughs> we built our lives in the context of Christ and what that means. The team can come on. What does it mean for you to move a mountain when you understand that the very source of faith sits in you, and that the measure that you've been given hasn't been some half measure. It hasn't been a half attempt. It's not, it's not directed at your efforts or what your family has done or how anointed you are. But it's the actual faith of God 
that's fully alive in you that can move mountains on earth. In this week, I spoke to people in this community, in the surrounding area, I don't think they're here this morning, that gave me very specific things that they're trusting breakthrough with. It has to do with courts and legal battles and children and house cleaning and moving, getting a cage in from a further place with a ute, needing practical help, these little things. And you know what I said at some times during these conversations when people speak? I'm like, oh Lord, I don't have faith for this. God challenged me. He says, AJ, you're preaching about this tomorrow. You better get some faith, brother. It's okay if you have moments where you feel empty. It's okay when you have moments where you're not sure. And you know what? It's okay when God calls you to something and you turn away. Just realize that that moment won't come again. There'll be more, but that one won't happen. I want to ask us this morning to read a piece of scripture together, pray, and then respond in our communion. Is that all right? Ephesians 3, verse 17 to 19. Just read this with me. You can do it loud. You can do it softly. Just ask that you do it. My response is to get down on my knees before the Father. I don't know if I'll get up. Who parcels out heaven and earth. I ask Him to strengthen you by His Spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite Him in. And I ask Him that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Luke, can you just move up a bit? (laughs) Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. Father, I pray that this morning people would be humble enough to respond appropriately to your good news. Father, I pray that people would be humble enough for those that have their whole lives strived and worked for their faith, that they would realize in a moment that they have the fullness of the faith of God that lives in them. Father, I pray that in a moment they would realize that the tank that they've been trying to fill their whole life to try and convince themselves that what they believe is true. Father, that that tank would be filled up with your faith in them. Father, I pray for a morning where we don't just touch the surface of what it means to be included, but that we're filled in our innermost with your conviction. Father, fill us with your conviction of us. Lord, help us that when we look into the mirror, that we do not see ourselves as lowly sinners any longer, but that we are saints seated in heavenly places. And Father, today we stand on top of the mountain that you've moved and we say glory to God for the things that he's done through my life in the practical. Father, I pray for people this morning that are standing at the foot of a mountain. Lord, 
impart the divine practical ways that they can shift it. Empower them. Convince them of the indwelling strength that they have access to. To move a mountain on this earth and it will glorify you, Lord. I pray that people in this morning, that you do three things while your eyes are closed. And if you want to shout out what your mountain is, just do it. No one cares. Everyone has their own mountain. No one wants your mountain. No one's worried about your mountain. We can't identify your mountain. If you have a mountain this morning, I want to ask you to name it. I want to ask you to speak to it. Lord, I speak to the mountain of sickness in the name of Jesus. I speak to the mountain of poverty in the name of Jesus. Father, I come to the mountain of death and I look at it and I say, Lord, empower me to move this mountain. Lord, I come to the mountain of insecurity. Now it's getting deep. Father, I come to the mountain of insecurity and I look at it and I face it and I know who's got my back and I look at it and I say, mountain, you will move because if God believes in me, who can come against me? In the name of Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb, move out of my way in security. Now. So I pray that you name your mountain. I pray that you look inward this morning. Because nothing outward will bring breakthrough. It is what sits inside of you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And when you see what's in you, <laughs> I pray that you manifest what's outside of you. You can't control what's outside of you, but you can focus what's inside of you. And your life will never be the same again. Lord, we honor you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you bring all things to remembrance. And as we take communion into this new song, I pray, Father, that you help us remember what you've always known about us be true. We are made in the image and likeness of Christ. And may our worlds never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I invite you to communion and then we'll worship God and have the best day of our lives.